Are you stuck on where to start when it comes to getting in shape, feeling more confident in your body, or eating right? I want to break the idea that you have to stick to a diet and crazy workout routine in order to be healthy and reach your goals. Hi guys, I'm Emily Kaufman. I was a burnt out Division 1 athlete, turned stay at home couch potato, now turned group fitness junkie. If you're ready to ditch finding the perfect diet and workout routines that make you feel weak, this is the place for you. Welcome to the tribe, Girls Gone Healthy. Hey guys, welcome back. Today we are talking with Maddie and she's a soul cycle instructor and we talk about her journey of becoming an instructor and how being an athlete for most of her life, focusing on her physical health has helped every area of her life. It hasn't just helped her physical capabilities and mental health, but also it's helped her grow a business. So she's been able to take the lessons that she's learned from fitness, from sports, and really apply that to the rest of her life. So I'm really excited for you guys to listen in. Check this out. I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back. Today we're joined by Maddie Ciccone. She's a master soul cycle instructor. She's a former executive assistant to Hollywood's finest and Maddie ditched her desk and traded in all the red carpet perks for a pair of cycling shoes. Along with SoulCycle, she continues her mindset coaching with her program Wicked Fearless and her weekly podcast. She's located in Boston, so I've been to many of her classes before, kind of just hiding in the back, but I love her energy, love her encouragement that I get from her classes, so I'm so excited that you guys all get to experience a little bit of that today. Thanks for joining us today, Maddie. Hi. Hi. So I was wondering if you could go into a little bit more about your background with SoulCycle and how you went just from attending classes to now making it your full-time job and becoming an instructor. Totally. So I actually, I'm like, I'm always like, okay, where to begin, where to begin. I actually rode like very briefly. When I was in LA, it was my senior semester of college and I went to LA for an internship. And simultaneously, either during that six months of the semester or kind of into the summer, I got a front desk job at Equinox in West Hollywood. So Equinox and SoulCycle are across the, are like kind of across the way from each other in this like plaza in West Hollywood. So I can't remember when, but one of my friends dragged me to a SoulCycle class and I was too poor to like afford it at all, but I would like save up my money and go like once in a blue moon. But I was always heavily involved in like, you know, going to different cycling, whether it be at Equinox or wherever. And when I kind of was all set with entertainment and, you know, getting let go from just marketing job and ad agency and whatever, and just like not knowing what my purpose was, my friends were like, you should work in fitness. Like, you know, you do it all the time. You're going before and after like 12 hour days. Like that's definitely where your passion is. So why don't you try to run with that? And it took me a few times, but I landed a job as actually the assistant studio manager at West Hollywood for SoulCycle. And I worked there for a little bit. And then I was invited to open Culver City, which actually is our West Coast headquarters. Um, And I was just riding a lot and really just kind of deep, did a deep dive in like all things soul, soul culture just, you know, I feel like if you have ridden there before, you understand that it's just like all the things. And I was always riding up for different instructors. And I was just, people were always like, why don't you try to become an instructor? And it was never really, 
it was never really a thought, honestly. Like I didn't start working for Soul because the dream was ultimately to be on podium. It just kind of evolved over time as I got more into the culture and the company. And eventually I like kind of got the guts to audition and I went into training in New York and then I was placed in Boston and that's kind of like the Judy Bloom version of how I ended up here. And now here I am still almost four years later in Boston, um, doing all the things. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. And I'm so excited that you end up in Boston. I love taking your classes. I love the Monday mornings because, you know, then it does start off my week great. I'm always a morning person. I have always been a morning person, even if it's just like, you know, embrace the suck in the morning because ultimately you always feel better. I mean, I've been saying that throughout all of quarantine. Like if I don't move in the morning, I usually feel like absolute crap. So I think it's always so, so essential to move in the morning. And then especially on a Monday, it's like, it just sets the tone for your entire week, I think. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know how you teach that class, but I go in like still half asleep. And I would go too when it's wintertime in Boston. So it's cold. It's dark when class starts. It's dark. It's like disgusting. You're getting like beat up by that wind on Stewart Street. Yeah, it's all the thing for sure. Yeah, so no part of me wants to wake up on Monday mornings anyways, but if I know that I have something to look forward to and I have that energy of class, I was like, okay, I can't think of a better way to start my day. So I kind of forced myself to go to that one. Yeah, and you always feel – I feel like – I'm like, everybody's always like, oh my God, you must be so excited to work out. Like, it's so exciting. Like, it's so fun. I'm like, no, that's not it. It's always just – it's like – the the end factor it's like when you walk out like you reap the benefits of you know like dragging your ass there kind of for lack of better words no I love that too because that's kind of my mindset with it it's like no one ever enjoys the pain of working out and it's really hard to motivate yourself to start it but once you start the workout get into it it's the end feeling that's rewarding totally like that I mean that's why you do it Mm-hmm. So you kind of started this career with just always being in the fitness industry, but not really knowing where that end goal was. So is SoulCycle the first activity that you enjoyed or has working out always been in your schedule? Um, well, I think that I've always been an athlete and I've said that on other podcasts and things in just life before, like once an athlete, always athlete and I've always been moving. I've always, you know, I cheered throughout college. I cheered and danced and did track and did all these things. And so like when you leave high school, college and you go out into the real world, it's like, okay, where does all this energy go? Where does this like athletic person go? And I always found myself in boutique fitness and like at different gyms. And I just loved it. I was like part of this like dance crew at Equinox and dancing is like my first love. And I think that's really why I love soul so much. It's like dancing on a bike and it makes it fun and it time flies by and it's all about the music and the movement. But I, I was just always like going to different yoga classes. And like, I was the reason why I like the class pass. I always joke that like, I was the reason why like the first round of class pass, like model didn't work because I could just pay like a, like a premium price and go to a gym a million times. And like, I was the reason why class pass was probably 
like, no, we need to change our business model. Um, because I would just go, I was going to like training me and I would go to like rise nation. Like there were all these cool, like super trendy boutique fitness type studios in LA. And I was just like a workout junkie. And I loved the community and the different places and the different trainers. And it was just something I really I enjoy it. It's it's also like my hobby that like now weirdly is also my career. I love that too because that's kind of how I approach fitness where I don't follow a specific training plan, but I love things like class pass where you're able to try so many different types of exercise. You're able to find different instructors because I think you know, once you find an instructor that you like, it's a lot more enjoyable to take their class no matter what the type of activity is that you're doing. Totally. Uh, 100% agree. Yeah. So what draws people into SoulCycle? I know that not every listener has ever been. So what do you think sets SoulCycle apart from the other workouts that you do? I would like to think it's like the community, it's the community aspect and the feeling of doing something hard and doing it as a group and knowing that there's, you know, 56 other people that are doing the same exact thing as you. But also I think it's just the high, I call it like the high touch capacity. It's like you're just, you feel so in it. And there's this like palpable energy that is so, it's like intangible. Like you can't touch it. You can't like, but you can feel it when you're in there, but you can't really like describe it to someone if they've never been. And that's just like, that's why I think people are always like, oh my God, it's so culty. But it's like, once you experience it, then you like, you have something in common with someone. I don't know. I guess just really the community. It's like so tight knit. It's, it's just an experience. Truly. Yeah, because I see in the soul cycle classes around here a lot, a lot of people that are around my age, they're right out of college, females that are going with their friends. And it is kind of that community aspect that you miss once you're out of college. If you don't have a sorority anymore, you don't have a sports team anymore. Just a new way to find it. Even if you're not interacting with the whole class, it is feeding off that energy. I love that you mentioned that. Yeah, I think that. I think that's something that so many so many of us crave and we don't even realize that we're without it until we are in a room like soul and you're like, oh my gosh, like I this is the feeling. This is like the feeling of the team and the group and like sport and working, but like having a common purpose with everybody else around me and it being like hoorah and like let's go. And it is incredibly motivating than, you know, just trying to do it <laughs> on your own. Yeah. And so Obviously, SoulCycle is your job. You enjoy doing it as a workout. I'm sure you sweat a ton throughout class, but it is a job and you have to perform at work. So how has spending so much time physically performing and on your physical health positively affected other areas of your life? I think that it's helped me realize how important recovery is and how important certain tweaks to your nutrition are and that, you know, you really only get one body and you have to take such good care of it. and really just be in tuned as, I mean, I really being a soul cycle instructor to being a professional athlete. And if you're not eating right, if you're not sleeping enough, if you're not recovering, like you're gonna break down, you know, you can only run the racehorses so much till they fall down. And so I think it's just put me like super in tune with all the other different parts of my health and definitely in my mental health, definitely really getting into like energies, where's my energy at? Like, what can I give? Where do I need to pull back? It's definitely helped with boundaries. I feel like it, it, because it's, it, it's like, it's your life. It just, it's a different level of 
it kind of permeates through all the things, all the different kinds of health or whatever that you can be in tune with. Yeah, especially because if you're instructing six days a week and that's multiple classes each day, you definitely have to schedule in that time for recovery because if you're working out a ton on your own as well, that's going to be hard to then get up the next day and teach another three hours. Yeah, and I think it's like it's not sexy. You know, like I feel like so many people – I just have this like, oh my God, it must be like so great. And like, there are so many aspects of it that are so amazing. And like, I wouldn't give it up for anything in the world, but it's also a job, you know, and there are going to be days where you don't want to friggin' show up and it is awful and your back hurts and your neck is injured and whatever. And you have to smile through it and then have that conversation with someone afterward that you really don't want to, but you do it anyway, because it's all part of what you signed up for. And it's like, again, like just the consistency of showing up on the days you don't want to, because those days, honestly, you learn more about yourself than the ones where you feel great and you're in your body and like everything's working right. And you had like the perfect amount of meals and the perfect amount of sleep. It's like, those are the easy days, but it's more telling on the days where you really don't want to do it. That's but that's when it it gets really interesting. Yeah. Because from our perspective as, you know, the ones taking the class, you think that the playlist is perfect and everything runs smoothly. But from your perspective, it's like every class won't be perfect for you. You won't always have a great nutritious meal beforehand or a great night's sleep beforehand, but you still power through and instruct the class like you have to show up yeah well I think like the common like the thing is like we're not robots so you know we can't be on autopilot like maybe like we're human too and I think there's like this factor of like for whatever reason being up there or whatever we get put almost on this pedestal of like we're superhumans but really like I could have like a fight with someone one of my friends the night before and not sleep all night or like have anxiety and like a panic attack before class like it's like I feel like there is this like the fourth wall is sometimes broken depending on people's authenticity and vulnerability with their classes um, to whether they like let them in on those stories or not. But I'd say nine times out of 10, it's like you're putting on an Oscar worthy performance and people like have no idea that there could be all this personal stuff and all this other stuff and like everything else in between going on. And you're just like kind of showing up and doing it anyway. Yeah. So on those days that you're drained either mentally, physically, you're just not at your best. What practices do you do so that you can still show up as your best version in that moment? Well, I am a huge advocate of a daily gratitude practice. I have been doing the Hollis Start Today Journal literally since I went to Rachel Hollis's business, Rise Business Conference, her, I saw Ed Milet, Dave, I mean, Dean Graziosi, Marie Forleo, like all these people I'm so obsessed with and look up to. It was like the most awesome thing I've been to probably thus far when it comes to like business and motivation, whatever. And I received the Start Today Journal from like it last November and I've done it every day since. And that has radically changed how I walk into my day. I also thinking being extremely in control of your narrative and kind of the words that you are speaking to yourself can be as simple as, oh, I have to do this to, oh my gosh, I get to do this. Just really simple little switches in perspective and recognizing that, you know, not every day is going to be perfect. And it's kind of all about, are you willing to reframe your narrative? Are you willing to stay grateful? And I think that that really changes the game for how you show up on the days where you really don't want to. 
Yeah, I really like that too. You know, you are grateful for this and you kind of touched on it a little bit beforehand that there's so many positive aspects of your job, but it's not all perfect. So it's telling yourself like, okay, even on those hard days, those hard moments, you still get to do it. You are never forced, even if it might feel like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So now on the side of your soul cycle instructing, you also have your mindset coaching. And so how did you get started with focusing on your mindset? How did it like become a important part of your life and your practice? I mean, I think it's just ingrained in you. It's been ingrained in me from it's I think it's all due to sport and competitive and and knowing that like you have to go out there and do it again and again and again and like beat at your craft in order to be good and whether that I mean I think that can simply come from memories of like doing a dance routine a hundred thousand times until you have it perfect and your willingness to keep showing up even when you don't want to so I mean I think these are practices that so many of us as instructors are doing every single day and we don't even realize the value of it because we're just so in our job and we're just always in the room and we're just giving and we say all these amazing things and we're doing all these amazing things. We have all these amazing practices for ourselves. And so what I was just like, I, I've always known like in the back of my mind, I have like a very business oriented strategic kind of part of my brain. I know that I'm not going to ride a bike forever. I know that like the love affair at some point is going to have to end because either my lifestyle is going to change or I'm going to be in a different part of my life or, or, you know, an injury could happen or something. So like, what do you fall back on? So I have always been wanting, like, I have put all my energy into beyond the bike, which is like literally the name of my podcast, Mad Strides Beyond the Bike. It's like, what can I do outside the four walls that are soul cycle to still bring like the light and the joy and the love and like the excitement to people's lives and like get them jacked up the way they feel and soul, but like without the bike. And that was kind of like what gave me the idea of wanting to do my own coaching program and wanting to help people be on the bike. And then I have worked with several different coaches myself. Like I'm a huge believer that like you have to invest in yourself and always have coaches and always have people that are kind of like beckoning you and pulling your skills out of you and like challenging you and bringing you to that next level. Otherwise you just kind of stay stagnant. So I myself have some amazing coaches. I did a program and that was all about kind of being able to build your own program. And then from that birthed Wicked Fearless. And I just, I did it and I did it messy and I learned all this tech stuff and all this stuff, like Google, like a little bit of grit and a Google search bar, like Rachel Hollis says that goes so far. And it's just your willingness to be a beginner and embrace the suck and be willing to put yourself out there and have a rough draft and just do it. So that's kind of like where I'm at with the beyond the bike business, which has been really interesting given the fact that, you know, quarantine has happened and COVID. um, Now it's become more real than ever. Yeah. And You mentioned a lot of really good points there. The one that I like really liked was talking about your podcast. So it's called Beyond the Bike and you're kind of creating that same energy that you get from the Soul Cycle class, but without actually having to be there because there's lots of circumstances where, you know, you can't feel stressed and be like, okay, I'm going to go work out right now. That might not be possible. So you're allowing people to have that mindset 
where they are feeling their best, but just in any situation, which I think is really important. And that, and that's always been kind of in the back of my mind. It's like, well, what about the people that can't come to Boston? And once you get to a certain point, you're like, okay, well, what's next? How do I level up? And I've always been that person where I'm never and I don't know, sometimes I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's like I'm never quite satisfied with where I am. I'm like, okay, I made it here. What's next? How do I reach more people beyond Boston? Because if you're not riding with me in Boston, how are you interacting with me? And like, yeah, it's great to follow me on Instagram, but like I want to offer you more, especially if you're, you know, always like, wow, I love your vibe. I love the way you motivate. I love this about you, but you have nothing to offer. So by creating a program or creating courses or doing other things with, with what you do, and what your skill set is, then that gives a whole new, like a whole new world. Um, and you can reach so many more people that way than just in Boston and the four walls that are sold. Yeah, I love that. And then you also had mentioned too that the mindset part and the mindset work, you're always trying to reach that next level, which is always kind of a little bit ingrained in any sort of athlete because whenever you're performing and whenever you're competing you always want to be a little bit better than your competition but it's not necessarily a physical aspect sometimes you have to improve showing up being more consistent things like that and so the fact that now you're able to take that into your life even though it is away from soul cycle is why I think that fitness is so important for different people to bring into their life because you know it will help you level up in business in your personal life, everything, which you've really incorporated too. Yeah, I think it's all the same skill set. It's really all the same skills. It's just like how you're using them. But it's like all the same principles. Like all the things that, you know, I've learned at Seoul, I can apply to my business and I could apply to sales and I could apply to this because the core principles are all really the same. Like the consistency, um, like showing up, even when you don't want to and making sure you stay in gratitude, being kind, like treating people, like making people seen, heard and appreciated. Like if you take, if you break down like the core practices of what makes you a successful instructor, that also makes you a successful business person that can make you successful in your company that can make you successful in your interpersonal relationships. Cause it's like a different level of emotional intelligence. Like it really all weaves together quite nicely. And is this, it's the same stuff. It's just different arenas. Yeah, that's amazing a way to think about it because I never really paid too much attention to it. But yeah, when you are focusing on improving yourself in one area, it will relate to others. And then my last question for you is, so you had mentioned that you have a daily gratitude practice. Are there any other ways that you prioritize your health and you find time to focus on yourself physically, mentally? all of it. Yeah, I think that's like always a struggle because with that whole always wanting to be better, always wanting to level up, it's also really hard to like let the reins drop a little bit and and look up and not hit burnout or hit that wall where you're like I'm all set or I'm done or um so it really it's always a practice and a literally a delicate ballet dance of Am I doing enough self-care? Am I being kind to myself? Um, am I doing the things that fill my cup up? I'm horrible at that. And I think that will be an ongoing thing that I'm constantly going to hit my head on the wall with because um, I, I I don't know. I haven't learned my lesson yet. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think that it's it's different for everybody, but I, I really think that 
that will always be something I have to work on uh, is putting like learning to remember to put myself first and like, you know, the saying of put your oxygen mask on before anybody else is on. And I always joke, like I'm running around the plane, putting everybody else's oxygen mask on before myself. And like, that's not a good practice because it will lead to burnout and it will lead to just not great stuff. But being able to recognize that and work on it is, it's all part of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not like you've necessarily figured out exactly what works for you, but if you're just always aware of it, always aware of like, okay, maybe not get too burnt out right now, then you can just keep assessing and figure out what works. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And then I know that you have your program, Wicked Fearless. You're just about to wrap up with one class and you're opening up another eight-week program. So I just wanted to give you a space here to talk about it. Yeah, um, I'm really excited. You know, like I said, it was but a a crazy idea or just something I was mulling over a few months ago. And then kind of when we went into quarantine and and COVID and all this stuff happened, I was like, all right, well, how am I going to – I guess now is – now's the time. No better time than now, girlfriend. Like jump in, start doing it. So it's like a eight-week mindset immersion. And it's all about accountability and showing up for each other and being open and vulnerable and honest and just really peeling the layers back to find that next best version of you. And I'm there for it along the way for all the things, for advice and someone to count on and show up to. And there's like a lot of it's just great. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how else to describe it other than it's a mindset immersion where you get all the things you get of me in the studio and you get it in a high touch capacity, um, probably even more so than you would in the studio. I'm in week eight of one of them and I'm planning on, I'm toying with the idea of August 1st to give myself a little in-between time to really like hear more people and interview more people and talk to more people and put it out there more and just see what comes back. So yeah, that's awesome. It's just kind of a version of what you've been teaching yourself and what you've been going through and then you get to apply it to other people's lives. So I love everything about that program. Where can they find you? Where can they find out about it? Um, So you can go to www.madstats.com. Everything's on there. And then also I'm like very, very much on Instagram. Uh, I think most people are these days. So I'm always on there. That's like the main spot to hang out at Madstads. And you can always DM me and stalk me there and I will usually answer. So... (laughs) Perfect. So I will include all of the links below so you can check out her program, check out her on Instagram. Thank you so much for joining us today, Maddie. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, do me a favor and take a screenshot right now and post it on your Instagram story. You can tag me at underscore Emily Kaufman at underscore Emily Kaufman. Come say hi. Come say what's up. I'd love to connect with you and this would help support me to continue bringing you free content. See you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.